it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back. Episode 12 and 4. Uh... That Bronco, or sorry, Broncos, the Ravens-Browns game just got over, so Chargers will be playing the team that today averaged 6.3 yards per carry on 47 attempts. So they will have their work cut out for them, to say the least, but we'll definitely get into a bunch of Baltimore stuff. Let's start with some of the... The, the Broncos game real quick. So I actually missed the first series and people, people were like rivers through another interception. Like what? How is that possible? What has this guy been doing lately, man? He, uh, he, I don't, he's been forcing it or today it seemed like he just didn't see the underneath receivers, but yeah, man, that is uh it's two, two today, two bad ones today. And it, the offense, I don't know, man, the offense has not been great lately, not been great at all, but, to be fair, the Ravens are really, really good on defense. The Broncos are really, really good on defense and just not great matchups for the Chargers, which obviously uh, doesn't bode well for next week. But again, we'll get there. So sticking with the rest of the game, uh, just some of the things that I wrote down, some of the things that I saw. How about, I mean, it was a boring game to me anyways. It didn't feel like there was much action and it didn't seem like it really didn't seem like the Chargers were ever really in doubt. Uh, Keenum wasn't great; he never really is. But um, they, the Broncos, really la- or really missed uh, Philip Lindsay, who 
he's a, he's a stud, man. He's a player. He rushed for over a thousand yards this year and just gives him like a, a different level of explosiveness that the, just really makes the Broncos go. But uh, they're often struggle because of it. How about back-to-back plays by our favorite Jalila Dye, man? He uh, or not back-to-back, but on the it was a penalty that was called back. It was like a 54-yard run by Royce Freeman, who was the furthest thing from a speedster. And Adai took a terrible angle, and luckily it was Holding, who the Broncos were holding the shit out of Bosa today, man. They uh, they just they couldn't block him, and it was good to see. So sacks are essentially as good as um, – or holding calls are essentially as good as sacks, and they just did a really, really good job of just uh, just basically beating him off the line of scrimmage, and Bowles just had no answer for Bosa today. So uh, really good to see this version of Bosa as opposed to the last one where they played Denver and he was just coming only coming on the field on third downs. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, the thing about the Bulls, the Garrett Bulls, so he held Bosa the very next play. Like, he was talking shit, and then the very next play, he, he held him again. So – like I I don't I don't understand I don't understand how you can be how you can be bad because Bulls isn't very good how you can be bad and just continue to talk trash and that's something a die does but yeah he took a terrible penalty on that play later in the game um, on like back to back plays where I, I honestly have never seen the receiver who caught the pass was number eleven off the Broncos I've never seen that player in my life before and he goes up makes a play they catch it or he catches it and then. The the interception where uh, Hayes Pillard actually made a really good play. He dove and tipped the ball in the air, fell right into Adai's lap, caught it. He actually Adai made a couple moves to get away from the to get away from the offense, which is now the defense. And he looks he looks over to Des King, looks over. He's he's like arms length away. Decides <laughs> I'm going to pitch it to him. What the hell, man? Like, what are you thinking? Who does that? That doesn't even happen in like backyard football, but it like when I say it seems like he's trolling at this point, there's just so many things that he does wrong. And I saw that he went out, but I don't know. I don't know exactly how many plays he missed, but yeah, I don't, I don't think he's going anywhere and he's going to have a bullseye on his back. That's for sure. So what I imagine the Ravens will do just like they did last time is, try to get a die in some one-on-one situations where it's him and Lamar. And that happened three times, I think last game. And he just didn't have a prayer, man, which a lot of it's, it's a tough matchup for just about anybody, but uh, yeah. Yeah. There's nothing. Is there anything scarier than asking a die to tackle Lamar in the open field? No, there, there really isn't because it happened on one of the longer runs he had last game where a die came charging up and Lamar is like, okay. <laughs> turns this way and then just runs up. Yeah, he uh it's rough and that that's what they ask their safeties to do. So, he has to be pretty athletic and as you can see by watching two plays from a die, not very athletic. Jatavis injured. How bad is that for the Baltimore game? So, I I don't know what was Jatavis is he out for next week too or like what is his diagnosis? I don't know what happened, but if that is the case, yeah, that's very big just because uh, they get a lot of pressure on just like that little backside flow where they're able to chase from the weak side, whether it's Jatavis, Phillips, Derwin, Melvin Ingram, even on the line of scrimmage where 
they do get a lot of pressure and they actually were able to make some plays chasing from the backside. So yeah, that'll hurt because obviously just on one of the game ending plays against the Ravens, the Chargers had a play where um, it was Kyle Emanuel and he like Kyle Emanuel pressed the hole, like did his thing, but they just lack the, the that gear that you need against uh, just a speedy team like Baltimore. So yeah, he's a big deal. I, I wish I knew what his injury was. I wish I knew if it was just if they held him out just because uh, they knew the game, you know, just didn't matter at all. Just speaking of injuries, too, how about how did you guys feel about Melvin Gordon being in the game in the fourth quarter when like it's easy to, to do that in hindsight? But you have like a big screen in your stadium and you can see that at well, the, the Chiefs game and the Raiders game, it was like 20 what was the, I don't know what the final score was, but for the most of the, for most of the game, it wasn't even close. So the game was 35 to three. So right when it was probably 21, three or 28, three, whatever they did. I mean, you could, why, why are these guys in the game right now? The defense played like with three minutes left into the game, the offense, Phillip Rivers came out of the game with five minutes in the fourth quarter, but Mike Williams and Kenan Al were still in the game. Like that doesn't make any sense. That's after he pulled the first, like the first string offensive line was not in the game. So I don't know. I, I don't know what that was about, but you uh, kind of feel for Gordon, man. That's uh, it's tough to get nicked up to have your ankle rolled. Hopefully he's able to bounce back. I, I wish I knew his diagnosis too, but hopefully he's able to bounce back uh, next week because, you know, they need that, those hard, those hard yards, those tough yards. And Gordon's done a good job of just turning a little, um, obviously he does the most on these sweeps when he, there's nobody um, in his way, but he does a really good job of turning these negative two yard gains or just two yard gains into four or six. So they're going to need the tough yards. Lamp did play. I think Lamp only got two series. I don't, I really wasn't paying attention much at the end there. I kind of switched it to that Baltimore game. So I'm not, not too sure how Lamp did, but I mean, he, you can watch Dan Feeney play for five snaps, honestly, and you can pretty much see that it, it would be very tough for Lamp to be worse than that. But that's just not something that's not going to happen at this point of the year anyways, unless an injury happens. But And at the very end of the half, you saw that you saw Feeney get rolled up. And I was wondering, man, maybe uh, maybe he's going to. Maybe Lamp's going to be forced to play, but that didn't happen. He came, uh, Feeney came back out. So, and you never want to wish injury on somebody either. But I thought the defense did their thing again today, man. I thought they have been carrying the offense, honestly, for a couple games now. Well, I, I would say two games, obviously, the Ravens in clutch situations or when they needed the most. But uh, Broncos, if you look at their stats, so. Only six yards a pass, three point three yards per rush. They did a really good job against uh, against the Broncos because Case Keenum can't hurt you, and they still do have weapons, even though they are young. They have they have some playmakers, man. So, and divisional divisional game too. So holding the Broncos to five yards of play is pretty good. The very, the not good is you yourself having uh, five yards. But just getting back to the defense, man. They uh the Broncos committed eleven penalties and I I feel like a handful of those were because just the defensive line like Bosa, um, 
just committing those holding calls. And those are as good as sacks. So even though if they don't get sacks, you just saw those, those penalties mount up uh, that play where Emmanuel scored a touchdown. That was a pretty heads up play by Des King. And I never really liked to see guys going in at um, players when they're basically helpless, like defenseless, but that's why you do because you can force turnovers and fumbles like that. So good to see uh, Des King just seems like he's always around the ball, making plays, man. Uh, Phillips had another strip where, Phillips is just playing his ass off this year. I think he is – I think he's pretty good, man. I think he uh, – Dave, I've seen them use him as a deep safety, and I really wonder why that doesn't happen more. So just – I mean, that the, – the role that Phillips plays, like on passing downs, is not easy because you have to basically guard two receivers underneath and kind of pick your poison. But if, if you want a sure tackler who can run – put Phillips deep and let him be the guy that comes up and makes plays. But then again, you know, he's your linebacker. Like he's your de facto linebacker at this point too. So they, they're in a tough situation just with the linebacker depth. And I don't, I actually really like the idea of using one of these safeties as, as a linebacker, quote unquote, that's what they did with uh, Rayshon Jenkins today, actually. So Rayshon Jenkins, that the play that, um, Baltimore scored on a touchdown last week. The Broncos tried to do that twice today, and Jenkins did a good job of just running with the receiver. So I wonder if we see him more against Baltimore, if they try to go smaller, which Baltimore kind of punched him in the mouth. But we'll see, man. We will see how that goes. Uh, hope to wake up and start playing better before it's too late. Yeah, uh, these slow starts are killer. Um, what the, what the, the goal should be is – so. If they win the coin toss, receive the ball, take the ball, don't defer, try to set the tone right away. I I think so. I don't want to make it seem like Eckler is this knight in shining armor, but I do think like he will be able to make a difference, even if it's two plays. If he's able to break two plays and if he's able to bust like 20 yard runs, like just something like that, where, where the Chargers are able to flip the field, that will be important for them. So. That'll be interesting to see how they use Eckler since they didn't have him last uh, last time. But I think he can make a difference underneath. I really do. I think the Chargers team speed is better than is noticeably different than the Ravens on defense. And I don't think they did a good job last week of that. I think it was just they honestly just sent receivers running down the field. It's it seemed like a North Turner offense, honestly, with the linemen. They just didn't have much of a chance. And Rivers, by the time Rivers would get like to the back of his drop, somebody was in his grill ready to hit him. And the receivers weren't even like 10 yards down the field. So I expect to see a lot different game plan. Or I mean, you would think so anyways, but we shall see. Only one five seed has reached the Super Bowl. We are undefeated outside of L.A. What are the chances of making a run? I mean, there's always a chance. They What they cannot do is they cannot give up these big rushing plays to Baltimore. Um, first of all, that's going to happen just because they put you in so much conflict. And a lot of people are just asking, is this sustainable? Can what the Ravens do on offense last? Who's going to stop them? Like why? Like the, the one way that it will be stopped is if the quarterback gets hurt and like, he's, he seems like a wiry, strong kind of guy. So just because his frame is thin, first of all, he doesn't take too many hits. And when he does, it seems like He's able to like sustain the contact. So I uh Baltimore is gonna be a tough out, that's for sure. It is 
I, I initially thought that this would be one of the easier matchups, but after watching them, I think it's going to be a tougher matchup. But still, I think the, the Charge will be able to put some points on the board. Will they be able to stop them in key situations? Um, will they make a run, though? So they're going to have to be Baltimore on the road. Can very well happen. I, I don't think Baltimore is this unbeatable team. Uh, Lamar, the, the thing about Lamar is – he will turn the ball over. Like, he will take sacks. He will give you an opportunity. The thing is, the Chargers did not take advantage of that. I think they had three drop interceptions last time. Uh, one was Casey Hayward right down in, um, right down near the red zone. So those have to happen. But, I mean, if if they also got stops on, like, fourth and short. So, um, but we'll have to be Baltimore. The next week will probably have to be, who's the, who's the two seeds? Is it the Patriots? Yeah, the Patriots. So they'll have to be the Patriots in Foxborough who – I mean, if you've seen uh, if you've seen <clears throat> what's his name, uh, Tom Brady play lately. Yeah, Tom Brady does not look like the same Tom Brady that we are used to seeing, and that offense just seems like a tick behind of what we're used to seeing. So, I think the Patriots are very beatable. Honestly, I I would not be surprised if if whether it's the Chargers or whoever they play, the the Patriots lose their first game, and then obviously after that you'd have to beat. Whoever's left over, whether it's the Chiefs and um, Chiefs, Texans, whoever it may be. But I do think the Texans will be a tough matchup because, you know, J.J. Watt is he's up to his old antics and just a killer as usual. Uh, who else? They have Whitney Merciless, Jadavian Clowney. They have a, like a really solid front four and they get after you. And that is one thing that has really been the Chargers kryptonite is when Rivers is pressured. He feels like he has to rush and speed up his old train of thought. So uh, Texans, uh, Texans will be tough, but they have to get there too. So it's it's all very, very doable for the Chargers. They just can't shoot themselves in the foot. I feel like when the Chargers, like when we see the Chargers in comeback mode where they have to get stops, like um, what was it, just against last week, they got to stop, or against the Chiefs, they got to stop, they got to sack, like when Melvin Ingram got a sack and then, they march down the field when they play to their potential, which doesn't always happen. But when they are on their a their a game, the Chargers are very, very good, and they could they do look like a Super Bowl team. But when they when they shoot themselves in the foot, whether it's these early turnovers, um, these bad throws by Rivers, or just getting gashed on defense, which happens every now and then, but they just can't afford to do that because the way that they get off the field on defense is sacks. And just like fumbles, just like you saw today, like that's their MO. That's that's the Chargers defense. And the good news about the Ravens is like that you will have a chance to do that. So, um, yeah, it'll I, I don't know if we're, I'm going to come on later in the week, but and talk about this game. But it's going to be a really good matchup, man. If, if you guys remember just the game last week, I thought the Chargers really got punched in the face. And I'm talking like the offensive line and defensive line of the Ravens just completely whooped the chargers. That was, I didn't think they'd be able to do that to the defense. Um, obviously they, they weren't able to put up a bunch of points, but when it mattered, they were able to kind of run the ball when they wanted to and get where they wanted to on offense. I feel like it has to be quick or else the, uh, those guys are getting after it. Pretty, pretty good. If the offense shows up this time, they'll be Baltimore easy. I don't know if it'll be easy, man. Um, they Baltimore just seems like a team 
you're probably not going to blow out or you're probably not going to just get up, get a big lead on. If you saw, if you, I don't know if you guys watched the Ravens Chiefs game, they like hog the ball. They will keep the ball away from you. Those that's why their style of play with Lamar at quarterback is so good just because they can rest their defense and they will have these six, seven minute drives. But um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like, there is a lot to talk about about the Ravens, but since since the Chargers just played them, that, I mean, everything's still so fresh. Like, we can talk about so many different matchups. Um, it's going to – it really is going to come down to does Rivers have longer than 2.5 seconds to make a play? Will somebody step up on the perimeter? Because Baltimore does have a really good secondary, and Jimmy Smith is really, really good. Um, he – I wonder if he's going to – I don't think he followed Keenan last time. But they also – yeah, so something else that we could probably talk about is just how how much the refs played into a hand in the game last Saturday because on both sides of the ball. And this feels like it's been going on all year, not just in Chargers games, just how bad the refs are. Uh, they missed a couple calls on Keenan. The OPI, I, in slow-mo, maybe, maybe it was, but – just as far as there was another one where he had click Keenan Keenan actually broke uh he actually broke off Jimmy Smith and the ref it was it happened right in front of the ref Jimmy Smith held him no call Chargers punt like those little things those have to be called in the playoffs so we'll see if the uh we'll see if the Chargers can capitalize um the speed drop off from Jatapes to Hayes Pollard is substantial yeah it is man that is definitely what makes Jatavis go is just he gets two spots that not a lot, not a lot of linebackers can, man. He, he can really, really run and it really makes the Chargers defense go to another level. Uh, the defense has, man, the defense probably is like a top eight unit in the NFL, which if you said that at the start of the season, I feel like you, if you told me that they were going to be a top defense at the start of the season, I would have told you that they would have made the playoffs because that's what they needed. I thought they only needed to be like in the upper 12, top 10 to 12, just kind of keep them at bay. And just like we've seen all year, make timely plays, but they uh, they've been better than I thought. They've been a lot better than I thought. They've got a really good contribution from the guys inside, whether it's me, Bain. I thought me, Bain's played very, very well uh, the last month or two when he has been out there. And then Phylon, you get like, you get these contributions from guys that are basically not going to play a lot of snaps, but that's what you need. It can't just be Joey Bosa. And I actually don't think Melvin Ingram played too well today. And that's just going based off memory, but you can't, it can't just be those two all the time. So to, to be able to get spot plays from these, these D linemen, that's really good to see. Speaking to the chargers, Oh, plan versus Cleveland game plan, similar to Cleveland with, Jet sweeps and power running game to keep the ball. Yeah, the thing is, man, you have to convert at, at doing those. And the the Browns' offensive line is a lot better than the Chargers' offensive line. Something that we a lot of people don't talk about with Baker's success is he he usually has like a lot of time to throw, and like their running lanes are really really nice. I would take the Browns' offensive line over the Chargers every day of the week, but you still have to run the ball. You still have to be able to run the ball. They're gonna have they're gonna have matchups where it's one on one. 
the running backs are just going to have to make something happen, man. Uh, they had some they had some space underneath in the passing game last last week um, against the Ravens. So I remember Tyrell had a couple crosses. That's it's just going to have to be like that. They're going to have to find that second window too, where if you remember the Mike Williams play that got called back because Keenan wasn't set. Like those seam routes are going to be really big. Keenan had another one where he got open down the seam or just like on a quick in route, about 10, 12 yards. Like that's where the Chargers are going to have to beat the Ravens at. It can't be one, two, three, throw it down the field because, I mean, that's just that's just not how you beat Baltimore. Baltimore is way too good for that. So underneath and over the middle of the field. And then when they do go underneath, whether it's Eckler, Gordon, Jackson, whoever it may be, if they are able to make somebody miss, that's where that's just what they have to do. Somebody has to step up because the uh, the Ravens are a good defense, man. They're a good tackling defense. They get into throwing lanes a lot too. That's another thing why I'm, I guess that's probably why they didn't um, they weren't able to go underneath or. If you saw last week, guys are getting their hands up in throwing lanes on Baltimore's defense. Like they're just well trained. And shoot, the uh, the interception today by Baker Mayfield at the very end of the game that was somebody just reading his eyes, getting in the throwing lane. Uh, they do a lot of good stuff. They are a really good running team. If you have to stop the runner early, get make Lamar throw the ball. Excuse me, make Lamar throw the ball over thirty times. Um, get them into these third and long distances where like any QB run is out of the picture. But if it's third and five, they they have in the playbooks wide open. That's uh, that's when it's tough, man. That's when they are pretty tough to beat. But at the same time, you have to make plays on offense. But we'll see, man. So I don't know. I think, uh, guys, I think I might get out of here for now. And I think I might be back on Thursday or Friday and we might talk, uh, we might talk more matchups and have some more injury updates for now. So um, here, my drink of choice today, let me show you real quick. So for work, uh, we got, my boss gave me this for work, little, Scotch action. Um, Macklin. What I do is throw that, throw, throw that. And I, you guys are probably going to hate this. Some sort of whiskey and some hot chocolate just because it gets cold at night. So that's my through drink minimum podcast drink of the day. A little scotch and a little hot chocolate. So uh, happy holidays, guys. Happy holidays to us because the team is in the playoffs. Uh, don't care about your team if you did not make the playoffs. So happy holidays to only those who made the playoffs. Guys, I will probably be back later this week so we can talk a little uh, little matchups, man. Have a good uh, have a good New Year's and stay safe. My name is Spencer Hall. My name is Jason Kirk. My name is Ryan Nanny. And when we combine, we form the, the Shutdown, Shutdown Fullcast. Fultron! I keep telling you, we're not Fultron. The Shutdown Fullcast is technically a college football podcast, but it's also a show about lawn care disasters, regional grocery stores we love, Tennessee Batman, homeowners associations, 
bears in video games. I mean, there's also some actual football discussion, like about coaches having huge contracts or coaches making terrible decisions or coaches saying really stupid things. Or the NCAA saying really stupid things. Yeah, there's lots of stupid things in this big, dumb, beautiful sport. Sometimes we talk about football games. Allegedly. If you want to take college football exactly as seriously as it deserves to be taken, come find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts like this one. The Shutdown Podcast. It's not Voltron.